Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Gentlemen, and he can be seen regularly at the Gotham Comedy Club right here in New York City. Please welcome to the Late Show, Vic Henley. Vic. Thanks, everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I, uh, I'm from Alabama originally, so. Most people associate the Southern accent with stupidity. And uh, granted, you know, there are certain things you don't expect Southerners to say. Checkmate, that'd be one. <laughs> or, uh, Alex, I'll take Shakespeare for a thousand. <laughs> Never expect a Southern person to say, I couldn't find a damn thing at Walmart today. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? This is Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling, a special edition. I'm Richie Byrne, and with me, as always, your host. Margaret Adana. And we had a very, very, as we were going off the air last night, we found out some really tragic news that a really good friend of all of us, great, great friend of the comedy world, Vic Henley, had passed away. And uh, we weren't even going to do a show tonight. And then we thought, well, maybe we'll show some clips of Vic. And then we thought, well, then we should say something. And we're going to do a kind of short show. We're going to have a couple of guests talking about Vic. But we're going to dedicate this show to Vic Henley, one of the best comics on and off the stage. Wouldn't you agree, Mark? Oh, definitely. I mean, the guy, the guy is one of the small handful of guys who changed up the game that went from – uh, jokes to storytelling. Yeah, yeah, he was an amazing storyteller. And um, just one of those guys, and I said this last week about Jimmy Cano, and he's one of those guys, you walked in the comic strip, you walked into Gotham, and you went, oh, good, Vic's here. And all's yeah. right with the world. Uh, everything and Vic right Henley's the world. at the bar. And now nothing's right with the world, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really hard, but he, he's a real amazing talent. Um. I got to use him in United We Laugh in October, and I was thrilled about that. He was tremendous on United We Laugh. He was so good with the audience. Uh, some woman asked us, uh, how do you know when you've stepped over the line? And Vic said, when they don't laugh, fucker. <laughs> and she goes, no, but there's a line. He goes, no, there is no line. There is no line. And he was just great. He's going to be missed. He's really going to be missed. Um, yeah. But he, uh, Every, there, there's not many guys uh, in our community that was able to make a transfer. I mean, he was as strict of a club comic, corporate comic as you can get. And then one of our guests that we have on today was running a storytelling show, and Vic did it and fell in love, and it changed 
his course, which then changed a lot of younger guys like myself who looked up to him right. and saw that he was doing it and then was secretly wanting to do it as well. And I mean, he changed a lot of comedians' ideas of what comedy could be. And uh, I, 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 maybe it's because we're all quarantined and not able to be out and about together. But I mean, this was like a really big loss in the comedy oh. community. He was, uh, he was you, a, guy, a game changer. All you have to do is look at Facebook. I was blown away at how many people had to post something on Facebook. Every mm -hmm. comic I could think of. Uh, the guy, it was just a testament to him. Now, you mentioned what a great storyteller he is, and we have a clip. Our guest has a show on YouTube, our first guest, and we're going to show a clip from that now where Vic is his guest on his show. So, can, Joey, can we run that? Can we run the DC Benny video? Watch this, Mark. This is great. I'm DC Benny. Welcome to Comedy Kitchen. He must have been your favorite. I hated him. No, I mean, <laughs> no he was a racist. I've told you this story. No, he was a horrible, horrible old Southern racist man. Really? No, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I was always arguing with him, and he would always call me Dictor. He was, my name is Victor, but he would call me Dick. Old Dick. He would call me Vic or Victor. He, he'd call me Dick or Dictor while he's throwing the N-word and every horrible, misogynistic, chauvinistic, terrible, homophobic, just horrible person. So, uh, yeah, so I was always arguing with him, and nobody else was arguing with him. They just thought, he's old, let him go. And I'm like, no, he's sane. I ain't letting it go. Because if yeah. he was crazy, I'd let it go. Right. But he's, he knows exactly what he's saying. So Carlo and my buddies going to the movies, got to drive by and give him the food. And it didn't dawn on me that one of my friends in the car with me is black. And, uh, and I had to tell my friend Scoop Jackson. And I, I got him like, I'm turning. Oh. Oh, man. We lost the feed. Well, <laughs> what happened? Uh, well, I, I guess let's talk until it starts yeah, going again. DC. I don't know what happened there. Of course, it's the first time that happened. <laughs> Guys, uh, that, was, that was a very – he was talking about his grandfather being a racist. And we can bring in D.C. Benny right now. Let's bring in D.C. Yeah, that was uh, – Hey, man. Hey, there he is. Come on the show. Everyone can see it here. How are you? What's up? I can't hear you guys, but you you can hear me, right? You can hear yeah. you fine. You can't right. hear us? So that's going to be tricky. Let's see how we figure Take this out. Take it off out. mute. Uh, <laughs> how do I hear? <laughs> I'm doing sign language. How do I hear you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Look, I'm putting the volume on the phone. This is this is a lesson to learn not to smoke <laughs> weed. Because I'm, fortunate, I'm sure I'll just sit here. I got a fat cat sitting on my stomach. <laughs> you know, I've been crying all day about Vic Henley. You know, blubbering yeah. like a two-year-old, shit in my diapers. I got this cat on me. I'm sitting here, and uh, I can hear the cat. Hopefully, we'll get this uh, sound going soon. I'll be able to hear can you. Can you hear us at all? Talking. You continue with the show for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this is. There was nothing more that pissed Vic off than praising him. Yeah. If you told him how good he was or how funny he was, he straight up would tell you to shut up and make fun of you. Well, I to mean, the point where you would stop. So we, this is Vic's revenge well, right now on it, our show for doing this. We've been doing this for three weeks, and that's we haven't had any problem like that. And then tonight we had a problem with the video, and now a problem with DC. So it's almost, is, almost like Vic's up there going, 
Fuck you, man. Don't do this. This is Vic's revenge. I don't need to hear this. So, So, uh, the the United we let's talk about that, and then when if it comes back, we'll talk about uh, DC show. Um, The United we stand. You had Vic on. Now the great United we laugh. United we laugh. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, um, So having Vic on is such a great uh, trick because when he comes out and starts talking, they're going ah. Well, racist southerner. For those who don't know, United We Laugh is a show that I uh, came up with. It's a concept show that I host, and I have three um, comics of different ethnic backgrounds, and they all get up. They do 10 to 12 minutes of material. Somewhere in the show, in their material, they talk about racism or bias, and then we open it up to the audience for the second half. Um, Joey has the video back, and we have DC Benny back. Can you hear us? Now we can't. Now we can't hear him. Vic Henley is having a laugh at us right now. Can you hear us? He's good. We He's can't going, hear you. You son of a bitch is talking about me. I told you I don't want you talking about me. Mute. <laughs> He's getting his revenge. Joey, do you play the video? Working? We'll play the video. I guess we don't have the video up. Um, All right. Oh, here we, we go. go. Victor, he was my name is Victor, but he would call me Dick. Old Dick, he would call me Vic <laughs> or Victor. He, he'd call me Dick or Dicker while he's throwing the N word and every horrible, misogynistic, chauvinistic, terrible, homophobic, just horrible person. So uh, yeah, so I was always arguing with him, and nobody else was arguing with him. They just thought he's old, let him go. And I'm like, no, he's sane. I ain't letting it go. Because if yeah. he was crazy, I'd let it go. Right. But he's he knows exactly what he's saying. So Carlo and my buddies going to the movies. Got to drive by and give him the food, and it didn't dawn on me that one of my friends in the car with me is black, and uh, and I had to tell my friend Scoop Jackson, and I, I got him like I'm turning Scoop down Jackson. the street. Scoop Jackson, Scoop Chris Jackson, Jackson. Scoop Jackson. Was it a reporter? Scoop Jackson. Jackson. There's a reporter. They still it was Scoop Jackson. There's a reporter. I was watching CNN yesterday. There's a reporter named Scoop Jackson, and Scoop goes, uh, I go, oh, Scoop. Uh, my papa's racist. If he sees you in the car with me, he may scream horrible racist things. And so just, I'm sorry. And uh, I don't know what to do, but uh, Scoop's like, I don't care. I've known you since the first grade. Everything's fine. And uh, I go, well, I just wish there was a way to get him because there's no, all I do is yell back at him. And that's done no good for right. 17 years. Right. And so I go, ooh, if he's outside to see you in the car, that means he's had to use the walker to get outside. He can't walk without the walker. If he sees you and he's outside, I go, run up to him and hug him. Hug him. I go, lick his face. Do whatever. I go, whistle, because he can't let go. He can't let go. He's going to want to let go. And so Scoop's like, oh, God, I hope he's outside. I've never wanted to be called the N-word more never, ever in my entire life. So he certainly is outside. He sees Scoop. I got the food. I take it over. He's looking at the whole thing. He sees him. And he goes, I thought I told you. Says a whole bunch of horrible stuff. And like a jack-in-the-box, Scoop pops out of the car and runs right over to him. He goes, I've heard so much about you. It's so nice to meet you. And just squeezed him. And he literally started vibrating. He was shaking. He was so mad. Oh, my God. And so that was a Friday afternoon. And by Monday morning, the first bell at school, black students that I didn't even know that well at school were coming up to me going, take me up there and let me hug the racist. Please. Can you take me up there and let me hug the racist? And I'm like, well, you know, meet me in the parking lot. So my, my mom knows none of this is going on. I go back up the following Monday, and he goes, why? He's the same thing. He's shaking. He's mad. He's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, you know exactly why. I go, my name's Vic, and you're a racist, and I'm going to do this to you until you learn my name and quit saying 
heinous things. And I, did, I often only took about three weeks. I was going by every few days. I'd skip a couple of days, and he'd think it was over. And then I'd pop back up with more black friends. And it was going all through the high school. Like, oh, you got to get Henley to take him up there and hug the racist, you know. And so he called my mom. It's like So he called my mom. While I was watching a ball game. And, she came in the living room and said, Daddy, Daddy just called me. He said you would know what this is about. And the message is tell Vic to stop bringing his black friends up here to hug me. And I went, he said Vic and black friends? She goes, yes, he did. I thought that was unusual. Civil rights victory story right there. Oh, that was tremendous. Uh, before we get started, uh, DC, where can people find the, your series? <laughs> Just we're having no luck with these. <laughs> this is not cool. All right. DC so, Goody, everybody. God, DC's that was so great. Uh, so great. Joe, uh, Joey, if we... YouTube. Can we put the link in the uh, in the comments so people can go and subscribe? DC is such a great friend, such a great friend of all of ours. Yes. And um, um, we'd love to support him with this. And him and Vic were about as close as you can get. They were very close. Yeah. I would say him, Vic, and you get Kevin Flynn and Eddie Brill in the mix, Tom Cotter, and you have yeah. uh, what's the closest thing you could call a comedian gang. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, yes, you're right. They're like the... Uh, the Rat Pack of the comedy world. They uh, were that was the crew. If you saw them pulling up to Gotham or uh, forming up at the comic strip, you knew they were going out for a, a great meal, and they were all going to go out and laugh their asses off for the yeah. rest of the night. Yeah. Um. But we were talking about United We Laugh, and so I wanted to have Vic because he's got such great stories about racism. You know, I mean. My goal was to always have, you know, a black comic, a, a, a Latino comic, and then somebody else. But like, I ha I ended up. I'm like, well, I'm gonna have another white guy when I have Vic because I I need. And he got up, Mark, the first show, and he goes, uh, "How y'all doing?" You know, like that. And, they, and, and they're they, all going, "Oh, we know what this guy's yeah, doing." Yeah, and, and he goes, um, "I know a lot about racism because I'm related to racists." <laughs> such a big laugh. <laughs> God, I miss. And he just, uh, uh, he went into the, he went into, you know, the bit about his grandfather and, 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 you know, it just, he was so good. And then during the, the audience participation, he was just so good. You know, he really got it. And he, he came up to me, he goes, you came up with this? I go, yeah, this is a great idea, man. I'm going to come back and do this again. You know, he, nobody's quicker off the cuff than that guy. That guy could, you throw anything at him and he'll turn it into yeah. something. Oh yeah, hand it back to yeah, the, he, he could read the phone book and make you laugh. Yeah, such you know? a great guy. Um, um when, do you remember where you met him? Uh, so uh, this was a while. It was back when I was working at Stand Up New York. I saw him at the comic strip. Um, first of all, I should say I have his, I have his old uh, Dangerfield oh. set from where he had brown hair. This was yeah, before. You know, I when I met him, he had brown hair. That's how long I've known him. <laughs> and I so I knew who he was. And I show up to the comic strip, and he was hosting the show. I started talking to him, and I was like, "I got to get you in at Stand Up New York." And he's like, "Love the work there." You know, he used to have an apartment on the West Side, and he goes, "I'd love the work there. I live so close." And blah blah blah. 
and I went and uh, I it was just it was so funny because everybody at the uh, stand up New York wanted to bring him in, but him and the owner had a thing that they kind of uh, went back and forth. Oh, really? So, so he thought they didn't want him. They thought he didn't want him. Then as soon as I was like, uh, he said he'd come and play here. They're like, book him now. Book him. Right, right, and, right. And uh, I, I watched him transform from, you know, the joke telling to the storytelling. And right. I, I I just like, I fell in love with his style. And just every time I tried to talk to him about it, he would just say, you know, go talk to DC Benny. Don't talk to me. I'm not the storyteller. DC's the storyteller. Right. Uh, he hated getting praise. And it was uh, it was such a funny thing because he was such a revered comedian. Yeah. And he was our guest on our on the podcast last year. If yeah. you remember, we were talking about who we wanted for the podcast. And he was like tops on both our lists. Yeah. You know, we were like, we got to get Vic Hanley, man. We got to get... And it was, I don't know about you, but I was, I was so um, blown away that like we called him. He's like, yeah, I'm dead. Wait, yeah. you know, I'm on my way, you know, and it, <laughs> he was so good that way, you know, yeah. and, and he had such a great time. We're, uh, we're going to put up the link later for the podcast. It, get, if you have a chance, people listen to it. He, he, he just crushed it. Remember when so he, funny. what I love was when he was talking about um, how he was a, a bookie. In college. But he wasn't even going to tell that story. It was but just he heard you. He heard me putting it right a into it. I, right, and, I, and then I go, I go, that's really weird. I was just putting it in a bed outside. He goes, Cincinnati minus two and a half. I heard you, fucker. Remember? He, like, <laughs> <laughs> he was just so quick that way, you know? I met him at Rascals in West Orange. Oh, wow. The original Rascals. I was opening for him, and he was uh, – this had to be like 91. It was early. And we had a great weekend together. And all I kept thinking was, this fucking guy's like my age, you know? And he was headlining all over the country. And I was like, wow, this guy, like, you know, and that was – then I didn't see him for a few years, and then I started running into, the, into him in the city. He wasn't even living in the city, I don't think, when I met him. I guess him and Spanky moved to New York within a week of each other, uh-huh. and they were they were pretty close. And Spanky got in at Stand Up New York, and this is the reason he thought there was an issue uh, at at Stand Up New York is um, Vic goes to audition, and Carrie, the owner, says, "Listen, uh, we already have a Southern comedian. We don't need another. We already have our Southern comedian here." And he goes, "Yeah, but I also noticed you had a shortage of whiny New York City Jews. Can I try to get in on that?" <laughs> <laughs> He's so goddamn funny. And, well, uh... Yeah, Can, we have another old uh, a friend of of Vic's here tonight and a great friend to both of us. Yeah. And he's actually going to be our guest on Friday on the show, but uh, we wanted him to come in and talk about Vic a little bit. So let's, let's bring in James Madden right now. Can we get James on? There he is. Goddamn Madden. He's muted. I can see it. Is he muted too? He's muted. That would be a plus. There he is. What's up, fam? DC, What's what's going on? <laughs> Is that a quiet riot shirt? Come on, baby. I brought six shirts to Vegas. They're all getting recycled in the three months I'll be out here. 
You're, you're getting danger. about five years worth of wearing in, uh, in uh, two months. Yeah, this is going to look, look like I got it in, in 83 when well, I get back to New York. Is that the room when you bought that shirt? Is that the room you lived in at the time? With here? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, um, I've been recording these things in the bathroom, and I'm like, I can't do that on Vic's tribute show. So I, I'm recording in this room for the first time. It's like the workout room in this house. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how, how are things how in Vegas? Are. What's that? How are things in Vegas? Good. I've been outside two times in 20 days or whatever I've been out. You so must be losing your mind. It's okay, but I had the gout, which is great. So when you can't do anything, and when you physically then can't do anything, it makes it real easy. I just watched a lot of Sopranos for, for nine, ten days. It was great. <laughs> Did you see me? What's that? That's I'm the referee in the soccer game. Buddy, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, give her give her a fucking yellow card. We're go. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk to you Friday, but we wanted to bring you in. And we know you were friends with Vic. And uh, how long How long did you know Vic? You met in the city, I'm figuring. Man, I met him when I started working at Stand Up New York. He was one of the regular MCs, and he had spots. He would sit at the end of the bar on the left side and just drink his whiskey. He'd close some of the shows that I was hosting. It was a big deal to me working there. Um, was a little standoffish, and that's okay. Uh, that'll get to somewhere, I guess, in this story. Um, but he always looked angry and happy at the same time when I first met him. And I was kind of scared of him. <laughs> and he kind of gave me the business for years. And he explained it to me later. And that was a, yeah. But we're probably getting ahead of, you, you, you leave this wherever you want. But I met him at Stand Up New York. You met him at Stand Up New York. And how long had you been doing comedy at that point? So I've been in New York four or five years. I've probably been doing Stand Up nine-ish or ten. Right. Finally getting into Stand Up. Benji was working me. Um, Something happened where... Uh, Vic stopped working at Stand Up New York, and then I came to the comic strip one day to hang out. Now, I don't remember him necessarily being nice to me, but I know he said good things about me. I know that if people would ask, uh, if you like hosts, who's the best host? And he'd be like, I'm the best host in the city, of course. <laughs> but if you can't get me, you should get madder, and he ain't bad. And that, oh, that's so nice. that was nice. And then I show up, and I'm still intimidated by him. I'm just hanging out, I think, with like Anthony DeVito at, uh, at the strip, and all of a sudden, he's like, oh, you over here now? I'm like, no, not really. I'm just like, you come here. This is a better side of town. <laughs> Stand-up was on the other side. Like, on the right. other side, he wasn't working there at the time. It's like, oh, all right, Vic. I guess we're kind of cool. And then, yeah, he kind of busted my chops. And um, we went out one night and uh, after Joe Roach had died. And he kind of admitted to me why he uh, sometimes gives the business to comics because he wanted to make sure people – um, really wanted to be a part of it, and uh, we're really meant for it, and that meant a lot to me. And I go, oh, kind of like you did to me, and he gave me a smile. I think he was taking back a sec, and then I was like, and I deserved it, and I'm glad you did. And we were buddies ever since, man. And I, yeah. I, I respect him. And uh, I knew after that night, it meant a lot that I'd won his respect, that he'd want to hang with me and talk about tribute to another comic together. So yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, you know, uh, about six or seven years ago. I had to go over to Gotham to meet with them about doing a show there. And I walked in with a friend of mine, my friend Tim Tim Sullivan, who was at the time was Dr. Oz's publicist. The yeah. And we came from the Dr. Oz show. We went over to Gotham. And who was there but Vic? And he sees me. I hadn't seen him in a while. He's like, hey, man. He said, uh, I had breakfast with your boss. I go, what? He goes, 
I was at the Super Bowl, yeah. and I'm at some buffet, and who's online at the buffet but Dr. Oz? And he had this hysterical yeah. story about how he went up to Oz, told him that he knew me, and Oz goes, you know, Richie, come on, have, have breakfast. He had breakfast with the whole Oz family. And, dude, it was just only the way Vic can tell a story. You know what I mean? And my friend Tim was just hunched over laughing. And uh, we even went in. We said to Oz, we go, do you have breakfast with some southern guy? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was, but the way Vic told the story, you're like, this guy is such a great storyteller, Matt. You know, he had, the best. Yeah. You guys know the uh, Woody Allen movie, Zelig, right? Like, he's kind of like Zelig. Like, he was anywhere. Like, yeah. you know, there's some people you meet who will do that. They'll do, like, that usual suspects things. Like, you'll bring up the Detroit Tigers. Like, oh, yeah, man, me and Lou Whitaker used to uh, boost cars together and then, right. like, all this crazy shit. And they're all, they're clearly lying. Ooh. Vic had that. And you know, it's 108% true. It's, right. it's, he's hung right. out with Ric Flair. I think he hung out with royalty. The dude right. had a story and he would tell you these stories 20, 30 times. And they got better every fucking time. Right. Every time. That was right. the beauty with him. That's what everybody says. You could never hear a story again that it, where you didn't go. Oh my God! How is it funnier now than it was the first time he told? Yeah, you never tell. You would never tell Vic. Oh no! Wait, we heard this one. I heard. Yeah, you never, yeah, yeah. You're never gonna say that to him because yeah, he, yeah, that's like telling the Beatles. Yeah, I heard Eleanor stop. Like, yeah, it's it's a right. classic. Let him tell the let him play the hits, dog. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So he uh, but he just his way with a joke was amazing too. Like we played the opening of his Letterman when we started right. the show, okay, and when he said. Things you'll never hear a Southerner say. Checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> Just, first of all, even if the word was something else, it's a funny joke. But to have the checkmate is such a great word for comedy. So funny. So you know, funny. and to put that out there like that, it just always killed me, you know. You know, <laughs> I remember jo Joey Cole used to have a bit about spackle. And you would just sit there and go, oh, my God, it doesn't matter if the bit's funny. Spackle is such a he great just word. Keeps saying you know? spackle funny. Checkmate. The way a checkmate. You just, uh, just, he just, you know, the guy was just, he was just a genius. He was a genius. Uh, I don't, I, you know, a comic genius. You know, he was fearless. That, and that's what we try yeah. to be, right? Did you just go in slow motion? I yeah, know he, he lost. <laughs> yeah, you'll be doing a tribute for me tomorrow. Apparently, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> hey, nobody likes you, Madden. Nobody likes you. Let's not, yes. Uh, so when he did Live at Gotham, do you know this story? He got brought up as his credit. He's like, your next comedian's from Alabama. And someone in the audience, some Yahoo, just goes, roll tide. And I think he went up there, and he was like, hey, man, I'm, War I'm Auburn, man. He goes, roll tide. And he goes, I think he did something to the extent of, go fuck yourself, to the guy in the crowd, and then went into his act. He's like, I just did a TV set where I thought I got to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, bitch, yeah. Oh, my God. Because he was the biggest, you know, Auburn fan you meet. I mean, Yeah, that's did, right, he was. We text about Auburn. He used to text me about the Celtics. It was, you know, I'm going to miss that. I almost don't want basketball to ever come back because uh, if the yeah. Celtics play and I don't get a text from Vic, I'm going to get real emotional. Oh, that's true, brother. Yeah. yeah. And that was, ah. What Buddy, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, it is. Uh, I don't want to get sad now because we're all sad as is because we're 
We're recording like we're fucking hostages now. This is what entertainment is for the next few months, and it's tough, and you want to stay positive, but we want to give the guy the right send-up. We've lost some good people, guys like Angelo. I mean, these people who were like uh, defenders of our business, and it's it, it's sad to me, and it's uh, yeah. we're running out of those people. You and know, I just hope there's a new breed, hopefully, that comes out that becomes as passionate as we all are about it and as Angelo and Vic was, you know, and DC is. We, um, we did a podcast early March for a tribute to Angelo. And exactly. it was just me, Mark, and Joel. And then the shit hit the fan here. And I said to Joel, I go, I don't, I don't know that we should have this yet. You know, I don't know if it's a good time. We're, we're in the middle of and we, we still have that podcast waiting to go. Remember, Mark? Yeah, and, it's and in Joel, the chamber. Joel was like, yeah, I don't. And that's where we came up with this concept to go live. Yeah. So we still have that podcast about Angelo. For those, Angelo Lozada was a great comic. And another, I mean, we just he, we just lost him in December, you know. Yeah. And it's just yeah. hard to believe, you know. We, this year, 2020, we've lost uh, two New York staples. That were, you know, that you go to any club in New York City and you were going to see those two guys and you knew you were in a safe club. You knew everything was cool. You knew uh, the show was going to be amazing. Handle. Yeah. yeah, because they were two of the best. And, and I dare say in front of uh, in front of Mad Dog, I don't mean no disrespect, James, but they were sure the list. two best MCs when I first started working in New York City. Those two guys were the guys. The third guy, and God, he better not go, is Pete Dominic. They were the big three that when you needed an MC, you they were the three guys. If if any any uh, uh, industry was looking at people, those were the three guys you called to see who was available. You knew all the comics were going to be seen in the best light. You knew everything was going to be handled. And now two of them are gone. And it's, it's just been in the last four months. Yeah. Well, with, you know, I'm obsessed with being a host. That's like how I paid bills for years. And um, I, those two guys are my boys that I was like Vic to the point where it's like, I think I'm probably up in the discussion. But Angelo and fucking Vic are as good as you get. They're selfless, man. They were selfless as hosts. They were great comics on their own and could crush doing spots. But they realized when they were hosting, it was about everyone else performing and about making the audience comfortable and the comedians comfortable in their space so they could meet together and have a great show. And that's why I respect it. One of the reasons why I love and respect those two guys. And it's, uh, I will miss them so much. Did I talk too much with my hands? I'm running for president soon. So I, I realize this is how you get elected now. You have to talk with your hands to grab the people. Does give us a pull us my in, hand, Touching your hand. Dusty Rose, bro. <laughs> Only, only you could get a w, a WrestleMania uh, shoehorn in there. Baby, it's Mania weekend. Come on, man. <laughs> I think Richie is out Richie of the game. Broke. Yeah. All right, it's just you and me, baby. Two-man weave. Pick and roll, baby. Pick and roll. So you, you got home to Vegas before everything happened? It was already going. I had yeah. a good week in my uh, apartment that – um for New York standards, it's very big. And um, I was going slightly mad. I was walk, taking nice walks on the uh, the water in Brooklyn. And one day I woke up to the water falling through my ceiling. That wasn't fun. And Ugh. then one day uh, my toilet, as I just flushed it after peeing, just started overflowing on me. And I go, um, if it's going to be three months of this, I'm getting out of here. I'm already getting crazy. So I 
left the next day. The next day I bought a ticket because they were closing airlines for or airports for like three hours. And I go, if they open up, I'm getting the hell out of here. And I did. Well, you want to? Yeah. Did you guys see I left? Yes. Buddy, we missed you. We're just Can I tell you what happened? We miss you. You guys froze. You guys disappeared and I was still on and it was still saying I in my mind I was on and you were gone and I'm going is anybody there? I, I guess I got to do this shit on my own. <laughs> I was on frozen and I'm like oh my god I'm losing Richie. I thought this was a good thing to talk about. And I'm like, I'm getting all so by Richie, baby. Let's bring Joel in. Yeah, everybody, we're going to bring Joel out because we're going to keep this one a little short. Um, I think I I speak for the crew when I say it's really hard to feel funny today. It is. No, for sure, man. I mean, uh, I didn't share this with you guys, but Vic was the the headliner that that opened up the comedy club at Soul Joel's. And I I was honored that he told so many good things to my dad. Um, the, you know, the reason why he was there at, you know, a cheaper rate than he normally would do, but, you know, he believed in me and believed in what, you know, what we're doing. And, uh, he, he was just happy to be there. And it was just honored that, that, that Vic could headline the club. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be missed, man. He was just a good guy to all of us. And it, I mean, I lost two people, James, in the last week. Uh, I don't know if you, you knew Pete Michaels, didn't you? Yes, I worked with him a couple of times. Sweetheart, absolutely yeah. sweetheart. I mean, we went off. Different. We went off the. Um, we went off the podcast last week, and right last Monday, right when we went off, my mom called to say Pete died. This Monday, we didn't even get off the. Po- we were in the back talking, and Mark got a thing that said Vic died, and in between, Chario from Dangerfields, oh, yeah. he died on Saturday. So it's just been a rough week. I lost a good friend of mine back home too, Mark Searsack. He wasn't a comedian, but it was like I'm sorry, this, this last I, couple of weeks have been yeah. brutal, and it's and they're not coronavirus related, but people aren't getting the yeah. help they need because yeah. they don't want to go to their doctors, they don't want to go to the hospital, and it's it's it is taking a toll on it uh, is. us. But it was just but but the the idea that Vic was a friend to all of us. You know, it, it, we, we were literally, James, we, we were like, I don't, I don't want to do a show today. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I canceled something last night. It was like, yeah. I'm not going to, no, but if it was going to be a tribute. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we have to, the show goes on. Vic would tell us to, he'd be like, I hey, stupid, go out there. It's your goddamn job. Oh, he's yeah. the best. Yeah. He would say that, but I wouldn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'll tell you, you're smart for not listening. If I tell you that and then take another swig. But we're going to have James on Friday. James is going to be our guest on Friday, and I'm sure we'll talk more about Vic then. Uh, but we, I think we have some Letterman yeah. footage. Yeah. We're going to go out with some Letterman footage. We're also going to put up the feed, right, the um, the link. To the I can't believe we're letting me do this. We're going to put up the link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to give you the link to the podcast. We interviewed Vic uh, on our show last year. And, uh, James, we appreciate you coming on. Rest in peace, Vic. He's a good friend to all of us. Yeah, we're going to miss and, you, uh, Please tune in. We'll see James on Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern. A little something different here. I, uh, I'm in a storytelling show here in town where comics get together and tell stories. So, and I'll tell you guys a little story here. They, uh, because uh, it amazes me still after living here the things people say to you just right off the bat. You know, you walk off stage talking to somebody at, at a club or somewhere like, where are you from again? I'm like, Alabama. Really? Tell me about the Klan. <laughs> Well, pull up a chair here, my friend, and let me regale you with the fabulous jackass. 
Because this guy said this to me a couple of weeks ago, and it actually did remind me of the first time I ever saw the Klan, everybody, all right? So uh, I was a senior in high school, and uh, some friends of mine and I were driving over to Birmingham, Alabama, about an hour away. We are making the big road trip over because we want to go see Kiss in concert. Yes. White, white trash story does not start out exactly like that. There's four of us. We're in a silver Trans Am with the T-top convertibles. They are removed. Right? And, and we're, we're, everybody's carrying on. We're in the back seat. We're all liquored up, and uh, we're having a big time. Now, one of our friends is, is going with us to the KISS concert. His, uh, his name is Scoop. And uh, <laughs> Scoop, anyway. Scoop happens to be a black man. And uh, he's going with us because he cannot understand why anybody would want to go see KISS in concert. He's a black guy. He likes rhythm and blues, musicianship, funk. He's not in. We're like, no, it's like theater. There's blood and fire. And he's like, crazy-ass cracker. So, so Scoop is with us. So like, we, we thought it was going to be a pretty good trip because uh, someone in the car uh, threw, threw a bottle of some sort over the car. Not, not the riding on the passenger side, pitching it out. But like, like somebody tossed one over the whole car and hit a mile marker sign on the side of the highway, one of those little green signs. So we really thought that Jesus had touched our car at this particular point. <laughs> and so, right, so we know it's going to be a big, big trip. So, uh, so we're out of, uh, we're out of, uh, of, of all the goodies. And so we're going to stop at a convenience store and, uh, and get some more beer and stuff. And we need some gas. And uh, we pull off this little exit here in the middle of nowhere. And there's just a grocery store and a gas station in front of it, right? And here's four Klan guys standing in the middle of the road having a roadblock for the Klan. They got buckets. They want people to donate money to the Klan. <laughs> It's like an old country, like people would have like for cancer or muscular dystrophy or any other legal charity. These jackasses are standing out there with all their clan hood on. They have buckets on, right? They have the stuff pushed up. It's like, and it's August. So it's like 9 million degrees, 800% humidity. So not only are they racist, they're idiots. <laughs> and so as soon as Scoop's, and the youngest one, the youngest one is 80 if he's a day. <laughs> right? And so nobody's really, people are rotting by honking horns, throwing cigarettes at them. Nobody's. You know, it's just, it's more sad than anything. So as soon as we get out of the car, Scoop, my black friend, sees this. He's like, oh, my God, I've got to have one of those hats. <laughs> my friend that is in the front passenger seat, he is a uh, four-time state champion wrestler, okay? So he's a very powerful man. So as soon as Scoop says this, my buddy goes, well, let's just beat the piss out of him and take it from him. <laughs> Good God, they're 305 years old. Hell, I can take four of them. Come on. Let's strip them naked and leap by the side of the highway. Screw these guys. They're in the clan. And, and the rest of us are a bunch of wusses, so we couldn't, you know. I'm like, look, let's not beat the hell out of the old guys here. <laughs> like, here's what we should do. I tell Scoop, I'm like, look, you, uh, you get down behind the, the driver's seat here. Don't let them see you. It might scare them. And... Uh, <laughs> And I'm like, I'll get down behind you in the back seat here, and I'll hold your feet where you won't fall out of the car, right? So the T-tops are out. The convertible is out. And I tell my brother that's driving, I'm like, look, act like you're going to give this jackass a dollar. Here, take a dollar and wave it to him. And then when he comes over near the car, we're right by the on-ramp, you know, right? <laughs> so when he comes near the car, I tell Scoop, I'm like, when he gets close to dunk the dollar, I go, you pop up, grab the hood, you hit the gas, we'll do a little snatch and grab. Right? So... So Scoop is in our high school yearbook holding up the clan hood, waving at the camera like this right That is the clan story, everybody. Last call.
Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.